Attention Patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the show, my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. And I've got some really exciting news for us today, J.C., and for our Liberty First Brigade. We are welcoming a brand new station to the Liberty First show, uh, Chris Ann Hall show, uh, KZNU and KAZZ in St. George, Utah, joins us today. Very cool. That is so very cool. That's the same station, by the way, those of you who are longtime Liberty First Brigade Chris Ann Hall show listeners, that's the show that carries the Kate Daly show. Sweet. And we're just, oh, man, I'm just so excited now to be uh, broadcasting down there in St. George, Utah. We have a lot of great patriots man, down there. Power Pack Station. Power Pack, wow. man. <laughs> Both of you guys on there? We got, oh, I got, if you're watching Both us you on gals you, on there? <laughs> if you're watching us on YouTube right now, you notice that I have my Real Women of Courage t-shirt on, and uh, we're celebrating the Women of Courage, and I would put Kate Daly in Chris there. Chris Hall and Kate Daly. <laughs> right there at uh, KZNU and KAZZ St. George, Utah. Awesome. Shout out to our peace officers and sheriffs there in yep. uh, St. George, Utah. Great people. We've been there uh, teaching them about the Constitution and the duty of a sheriff and a peace officer. Great, great people there. Yeah. I'm just excited Beautiful to be part of too. that. I, oh, absolutely. Glad to have them part of the Liberty First Chris Ann Hall Show family. Yay! So we've we've got such a big thing scheduled for you today. Remember, we are a teach show and not a talk show. So we bring to you these current events and then offer them to you from a constitutional historical perspective in teaching moments so that you can be the professors, meaning you're going to go out and profess the truth, the professors of truth and uh, liberty in America. And we have some uh, some crazy things going on, JC, and it all, uh, all comes down to uh, one of the lessons we talked about last week that we wanted to bring, that I wanted to bring today, and you were on board with it, so we're all good to go. Uh, we have some serious some serious violations of rights happening all across America. We have uh, legislators. No, we have people say it isn't say so. It isn't so. Legislators and governors and people passing laws 
to infringe on the natural rights of the people as a whole. And Is this all this gun confiscation gun laws? Gun confiscation laws. They call them red flag laws. They call them, and New Mexico just passed their version called the Extreme Risk Firearm Protection Order Act. And basically... HB 83? Is that what that is? Well, that was the House bill version. Yep, HB 83. And it passed the House of Representatives on uh, Wednesday, and it passed the Senate last night of a vote 22 to 20. Wow, so it's now... I guess at the governor or the gov- do we know it, if the governor signed it, it is, already? It is now at the governor's. I don't know. I don't know if uh, I haven't uh, heard from my uh, our New Mexico people yet whether uh, that has been signed into law. But uh, we have the uh, we have a radio station there in New Mexico, uh, KEDU 102.3 FM, that carries the Chris Ann Hall show. And so uh, the general manager, Mr. Twight, uh, contacted me about this, and he said, "Chris Ann, we're we're going to fight this. This stuff is we're gonna fight sweeping this. the nation. That's what's it going is. on in Washington State with these sheriffs standing right, up against right. a similar law. Well, here's the thing. No, nobody really. No, I don't. I don't know of anybody in Florida law enforcement that stood up against mm-hmm. uh, against it. Well, in New Mexico, I got a text message from a longtime friend of ours who has an in on the New Mexico sheriffs. And uh, there are several sheriffs in New Mexico, along with some county commissioners, who have announced their intention to nullify this law if the governor signs it into law. As a matter of fact, uh, the sheriff of Eddy County, New Mexico, uh, named Mark Cage, has published uh, a a statement that he says he is not going to do it, and uh, he's not going to enforce it. And I know those folks there in Eddy County. Eddy County, they are, uh, they brought us in. Actually, uh, when the sheriff of Eddy County was Scott London, he brought us in to teach his the deputies there, and then the people were so excited about that that they actually maintained a constitutional sheriff there when Scott London, Scott London promised that he wasn't going to be a lifetime sheriff. He said, I'm going to come in for this term, I'm going to do my job, and then I'm going to step aside, and it'll be up to the people to bring forward again another constitutional sheriff. And they did when they voted in uh, Mark Cage there in Eddie County. So our station, KEDU, there in New Mexico, carrying this, uh, uh, they're very concerned about this, JC. Very, very concerned about this. And so should the American people. Now, we are, uh, I'm writing a letter an open letter at the moment. It is It is like this. I'm showing my little fingers here with little space in the middle. This close to being done. And it's an open letter. It's an open letter to the governors, the legislators, the sheriffs, the people of the states, the peace officers of, the, of these United States about these kinds of laws. And in defense of those sheriffs in Washington state and in New Mexico who are standing against these laws. And I think what we're seeing now, especially with, uh, there's been a letter, like you said, there was a letter written by the governor of Washington, Washington. a letter written by the attorney general of Washington, all supporting these laws. 
And here's the problem, JC. You and I both know this. The problem is the the confusion between what is legal and what is lawful. Well, I would say the AG's letter was more chastising the sheriffs. Yes. The the opposing sheriffs. Not, yes. I mean, obviously he supports the law, but his letter was specifically right. kind of calling out the sheriffs that what that them resisting the law was somehow uh, was somehow wrong and violated their duty and their oath and blah blah blah. Well, that's and 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 the uh, AG there in Washington is must be fundamentally ignorant of history. He's fundamentally ignorant of several of things. several things. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty obvious when you read his letter. The way he talks about, I mean, you, you discover the the definition he has of the rule of law, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just crazy. I mean. This guy, when you take how he defines the rule of law and how he expresses the way that government ought to work, right? You know, he could, you could move him to a previous century, and he could have been like a pro-slave legislator. Oh, absolutely. Right. Well, that's that. That's the problem with this kind of ideology, JC, is that it really is the enforcing the tyranny of the majority, which is the only ideology that allows for the implementation of laws on slavery. And by the way, the term that they that he uses and that is used for that is is uh the will of the people. Mm-hmm. So shame on you if you say you support the constitution, you say you support liberty and you use that phrase will of the people because I've heard that on conservative lips. I've heard that in right. in uh in talking points of supporting things that Right. You know, conservatives like the will of the people. America doesn't operate on the will of the people. And that's right. what I meant by this guy could be a throwback to a slave legislature, a slave right. attorney general, because it, at that point it was the majority wants something. So so therefore it's right. So if the majority says slavery is OK, then slavery is OK. If the majority, you know, says uh, you round up Japanese Americans, put them in a term camps, then it's OK. So he. He puts forward this will of the majority. Sixty percent of the people voted, and so therefore it's right. I mean, it's crazy. And and of course, it's always they always makes these make these ridiculous arguments surrounding the right to keep and bear arms. They they look at you like you're crazy if you were to say this about freedom of speech, right? Freedom of press, you know, things like that. So somehow there's this disconnect, right? One they see as a natural right, the other they don't see as a natural right. So that's the basic kind of, you know, their opposition to uh, to firearms just totally obliterates any sense of reasoning that they have. Right. And then, of course, so it was the will of the people thing they put forward, and then also the courts, the, the primacy of the courts. Well, we all know the primacy of the courts, right? And and the the record of the courts in supporting the rights of the people. You have uh, a, this this court that uh, people like him so love and so are indebted to is the same court that said uh, that people were property. In Dred Scott. No, but see, here's the the distinct point that I think we miss when we say, well, it was the court that said people that are property. Well, the court didn't actually say we say people are property. Right. The court said the Constitution says that people are property. Which it did not. Which it did not. That was an errant uh, interpretation of of non-existent language in the Constitution itself. I think Frederick Douglass's speech in uh, it was 1852, which completely, you know, where he completely eviscerates 
the Dred Scott decision saying how the Supreme Court, you know, obviously has not read the Constitution. Can't read right. simple English right, and read the right, Constitution. Right, right, right. Uh, Woo-hoo, go Dred Scott. One of the best, best defenses I ever heard with Frederick Douglass doing oh, that. So, yeah. It's crazy. Frederick Douglass is probably one of the greatest orators and writers that of, of American history, so, I think so, so you, as well. You, so you hear these same the same arguments mm-hmm. that supported slavery and supported, you know, men of property. It's the same thing. Well the majority says so. The court says so. Wait a minute, that doesn't make it right. I mean that's why we have the Constitution and the principles underlying. There are natural rights. The rule of law is what's defined in the Constitution and those principles. That's the rule of law. And it can't be overridden just because you can find more people to say we don't support that. Well, in the in our founders knew that the tyranny of the majority is the precise reason why our federal constitution demands that all governments in America be republics and not democracies. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal, where we are a teach show and not a talk show. And so we're going to do some teaching today, help you stand against the tyranny of the majority and those who would serve themselves to that tyrant. I think I think most people in America would agree that you can't have a dictator that comes and, and, and steals the property and the rights of the people. But as Thomas Jefferson said, surely the despotism of 173 is no better than the despotism of one. Right. And so what we have to get down to are these basic fundamental rights. And it's it's a language that we can find right here in our Declaration of Independence. Um, We have uh, in our Declaration of Independence, it says we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. And that among these rights are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Notice J.C. says among these rights. Sure. As if, and, and, and I think that's a beauty in the language that a lot of people miss, right? It's not the exclusive list. And so, well, the speech isn't on that list, so it must be a negotiable right. It's not an inalienable right, right? So what we have now is uh, uh, among these rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. Well, that's the sal- salient point to me in this this issue. To secure these rights, governments are instituted. You know, government right. has one purpose: to secure the right, the individual rights of the citizens. Well, and and it's qualified by not just simply all power or unlimited power, but a just power. So a government that does not secure your rights is not exercising a just power. Right. And as James Madison puts it so eloquently in his uh, essay called Property in 1792, he says, you don't have a just government when the government can arbitrarily take the rights and the property of the people in the service of other citizens. 
Yeah, and that's the thing about these laws where it, it eliminates due process, it eliminates the right to be secure in your property. And, and, and then these arbitrary, th- what's crazy egregious in some of these to me is this age thing of mm-hmm. 18 to 21 you can't right. you can't have a firearm but mm-hmm. you can you can get called up to service you can go join the military and and you know fight in the military on the battlefield give your life and die get shot at but but you can't have a firearm that that to me is i, I think is outrageous well here's the thing the the institution of due process is established as a lesson through history to maintain a just government. The institution of due process is there to ensure that the government doesn't become arbitrary. And the idea professed by this AG and Governor Inslee of Washington is this idea that if if people, you know, 60% or like in New Mexico, a majority of the legislators can draft a law, then all of a sudden you have a legal authority which eliminates the arbitrary argument. No, I'm sorry. If you are t- if you are taking property from people without due process, even if you have a law that justifies that, that is the very definition of what is arbitrary. Yeah, that's and that's the AG was saying, you know, it's telling these sheriffs, hey, sixty percent voted for this, so you got to do it. You don't right. have a choice. Right. So you know, I mean, I don't know what the what was the percentage in Alabama about the segregation and dragging Rosa Parks off the bus. Right. right? Well, so, it, so so what we're seeing is that the governor of Washington, the AG of Washington, the legislators of New Mexico would all enforce a law that segregates a minority from the majority population and dictates by law that they must sit in a particular place on the bus. The Washington AG literally said that in his letter. Yes. He referred to a death the death penalty law. Right, right, right. He said as AG, he said, I'm opposed to death penalty and says it disproportionately affects minorities. He said, but I enforce it nonetheless. I mean, so in I mean, in the letter, this is what I it just blew my mind that he basically says, "Hey, look, I'm a coward, and I'm willing to sacrifice my morals just because somebody told me to do something that was that I think is wrong. So you should do the same thing." <laughs> like, really? Well, what, what kind of argument is that? The letter that we will be publishing, I hope, will give. Uh, not only legal, logical, but moral presentation, historical presentation about uh, uh, that will help bolster those who have the courage to stand and say, you know what, Miss Parks, this is an unjust law, and we're not going to deprive you of your rights. Can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris Ann Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, and welcome to the show, my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. You know what's egregious about these laws, J.C., is uh, is that they are a fundamental denial of the rights to due process and right. property. I think so many times people get get focused on the on the right to keep and bear arms, which, by the way, is no less a right than the rights to freedom of speech, freedom of press, the right to freedom of religion. But nonetheless, these laws target 
target more than just the right to keep and bear arms. These laws say by law, some government agent can come take from you your property by force without due process. And if you resist that, you are the lawbreaker. Yeah, I, I, I aren't there some lawsuits now? Like I know the one in Florida seems like there's some lawsuits from somebody. I, I don't, not to, you know, keep getting hung up on the age thing, but I don't see how that can stand, like that could possibly stand. I mean, at 18, you're considered an adult. I mean, you would have to change a thousand other laws, and, and I mean, the entire legal system would well, have to be changed for that to be able to stand. Think about that, JC. What is the definition of arbitrary? Um, yeah, that's arbitrary. Seriously? That's You're going to just pull the the age 18 to 20 out of your head. What is the justification for this? There's not even any statistical basis for this. It's like the um, the New Mexico law that was just passed. The legislators said, oh, we, and, and I think they also said this in Washington, too, for justification. We will see a decline in suicides because of this law. So uh, they they say all of this in a speculation, but there's absolutely no no real hardcore facts that actually supports any of this. And because there are no hardcore facts, because there's no real evidence, you have the very definition of arbitrary. Why not 21? Why not 32? What if it's if it's 20? Then surely it can be 23, right? right? right. Where so did you, where do you get thing. this? Where did you get that number? Like, why not pick the number that you like the age for you to run for president right. or Senate? Or, I mean, I, I, it's just bizarre. I mean, I guess the age that 18 is an adult is arbitrary in and of itself. But, I mean, at least within the framework of, of national laws, I mean, everything, everything, you know, sort of pivots on that as far right. as adulthood. So my point is not to get lost into some, you know, philosophical debate about the arbitrary nature of, of whatever age, but since the entire legal framework is built from there up as an adult, mm-hmm. I mean, wouldn't you have to change? You have to change everything. Otherwise, how could you? How can you just randomly say because? So what? My point is, under the law, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, these are adults. Right. So you've now targeted. No, you can you can buy a house. You can make a legally binding contract. Right. You can go into debt. You can uh, you can go to war. You can so join the service. So therefore, as an adult, you have equal entitlement to every other right that every other adult citizen has. So how can you target a particular group of adult citizens like that and say you don't yet yeah, right you don't deserve the right? I mean, don't we have laws about age discrimination? I mean, yeah. if you said okay, now you're you're 65, 65 and older, you can no longer have a right to bear arms or whatever. Right. I mean, there's well, all the, kind of well, age the, I just right, don't, I don't see how this stuff The The goes idea forward. is that the, the age discrimination laws, once again, are overturned, are, are set aside when the government has a vested governmental interest. Remember that oh, whole standard brother. thing, right? So you can make laws that impact minors, act. right? Yeah. You ha- you can make laws that, 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 d- that uh, deny minors' rights because, uh, because 
because we have an interest to protect our youth, right? You can't, uh, when they're, because the idea is that if you're under the age of 18, you you don't have uh, proper cognitive abilities, you don't have discernment, you don't that, have maturity. But even that, they're not considered adults under the law. Mm-hmm. We're talking about people who are considered adults. Well, think about this. What's the drinking age in most states? I don't know. 21? There you go. You have the laws already engaging in justifying age discrimination. You can drive at 16. You can wield a vehicle at 16, but you can't buy a beer until you're 21. Tobacco. You can drive a car when you're 16, but you can't buy tobacco until you're 18. And so it's these legal justifications that we create that create these arbitrary standards. So so because we have accepted right. the arbitrary nature of laws Bingo. and made them an inherent part of our society mm-hmm. we just shrug our shoulders at it so now this is this is the pandora's box that we open exactly exactly and here's the so thing now you bring up the sneaky issue lawyers can point to all these different things oh you right. do it here you do it here that's you do right it here. because remember the law profession is not about preserving the constitution as their oath says it's not about protecting the rights of the people it's about winning the argument for your client protecting refers to your client and not to anybody else in society and so what we have but here, at least with the military thing like i the mm-hmm. example i used i mean that's connected direct that's gun gun Right. Both right. of those things. But think about this. It's, it's it is a good connection, but it's no arms. it should be no more influential right. in society than the idea that the age of 17, you can buy a house and you can get married and you can have a family, but you're not allowed to protect those things. Right. See, what we what we miss in government. I think there's a lot of people in America who understand this from an inherent perspective and there's some that that understand it from intellectual perspective but in america we from a legislative from a governmental perspective we miss some very important essential things number one we already talked about them that the entire purpose of government is to secure the rights of the people there's no other reason for government exist number two a government that does not secure the rights of the people is not a just government government it's not exercising just authority but what we get lost in i think this is where our legislators get lost and i've had this conversation jc with with people with legislators who who classify themselves as being liberty minded people well you know how do i protect these people and secure these rights well what we miss is the protection of the people It revolves around the protection of the individual right. You are not protecting the people if you are taking their rights arbitrarily. If you are denying them of their right to property, the right to due process, and the right to secure their own own life, their liberty, their property. Samuel Adams wrote this. He said, among the natural rights of the colonists are these, first life, second liberty, third property, together, number four, with the right to protect and defend them in the best manner possible. What we forget, I think, is that this first law of nature, this self-preservation, which is is so fundamental an essence of life that you see it actually displayed in the animal world, right? So you have everything that is living fights to live. 
Well, that's inherent to this natural law of self-preservation. But when we deny people the right to that in the best manner that they can, what we say then is that my life doesn't mean to me what I think it means. Your life doesn't mean to you what, it think it, what you think it means. And your value of my life is inaccurate. What's value, the value to life is what some outside person might put on that life. And then what happens is you are enslaved. You are literally owned by the person designed to protect you when you cannot protect yourself. And we saw that at Stoneman Douglas. The law enforcement officers who stood on the sheriff who ordered his deputies to stand outside and not go in and protect those students. At that moment, they said, our lives are more valuable than the people inside. Our lives are more valuable than that, so they have a less value. And the law prohibited those people on the inside from valuing their own lives and defending themselves. Yeah, because they couldn't have weapons in there to protect themselves. So because the law denied them the most essential basic element of life, that duty of self-preservation, they were literally enslaved to the deputies who at that day decided, no, I'm not going to do this. Well, and that's the thing. None of these laws would have would have stopped these things. I mean, you look at the Parkland shooting, which was, you know, the big rallying cry for for all these laws. Um, the laws wouldn't have prevented any of right. any of this from happening. You know, the kid who stole the guns, the, uh, the Obama administration that changed the policies that 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 the law enforcement followed in order to allow this kid to just keep going and going and going. Uh, you know, I mean, nothing, nothing. Nothing that they're doing would have prevented any of the shootings that they that they trot out as justification for this happening. It's really crazy. So I mean, all this really does. And just like we looked at the, I forget which which law we were looking at this thing, uh, that they always say getting the guns out of the hands of the bad guys. And there were all these provisions that had nothing to do with getting the guns out of the hands of the bad guys. So these laws, they don't even target. The, the what happens in these events, but they end up targeting law-abiding citizens and just stripping them well, of their Well, here's my question, rights. JC. Here is my question, and this goes back to the, the unjust nature of arbitrary laws and the unjust nature of the arbitrary execution of laws, right? You see, we got to, every, all of these laws are written under the premise that we have to keep guns out of the hands of bad guys. How do you determine someone is a bad guy if you're not even entering into the process of due process? If there is no fundamental foundational principle about how to judge whether somebody is a good guy or a bad guy, if there is no due process standard of judging good guy from bad guy, then how how do you actually effectuate these laws justly when there is no due process? And that's why I'm telling you, these laws, regardless of the fact that they're taking guns away from people who are aged 18 to 20, or if they are going to stop people from from uh, committing suicide. So people who commit suicide, now they're bad guys, right? I'm just wondering, what is the standard to determine who is a good guy and who is a bad guy? Who, because the very nature suicide? of that is arbitrary. Well, let's say, who's going to commit suicide? 
I mean, how do you keep people? How do you keep guns out of the hands of people commit gonna commit suicide unless you know they're gonna commit suicide? And if you know they're gonna commit suicide, why are they being allowed to commit suicide? Wow. I mean, it, it's just bizarre. It, all of these categories presuppose the future. Presuppose who these people are. Presuppose you're a bad guy because what? But under what standard do we establish the good guys from the bad guys? Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here. Did I say I love war again? That last <laughs> second. I'm not, I made that military reference. I'm not sure. <gasps> oh my I'm goodness. still trying to figure that out. JC does not love war. Just for the record, we have never stated that I, we love war. I still war. have to go back and listen to that show. I mean, <laughs> the guy on YouTube. JC's talking about a comment that came over on YouTube uh, over one of our shows this week on the Daily Journal. Uh, somebody very irate at JC saying, oh, I love you. No, 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 no he wasn't, wasn't irate. irate. He was disappointed, though. He was disappointed. He said, I love yeah. you guys, but I can't support you if you ever say again no, was very that I love war. I mean, the yeah. comment very re- wasn't we'll like back lunatic and check comment. And see. It was, it was oh, no, 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 no. It wasn't a lunatic. I'm not just saying. He was very disappointed. In you. I was just like, <laughs> what? I just still am. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what he's talking about. So, the right to, to keep to and myself. bear arms, the right of the people to keep and bear arms, shall not be infringed. Right? Uh, the right of the people of, of freedom of press shall not be abridged. The right to freedom of speech shall not be infringed. The right to peaceably assemble shall not be abridged. The right to petition the government for a redress of grievances shall not be abridged. The right to freedom of religion shall not be violated. The right, uh, the right of the people to be secure in their property against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. My goodness, it goes on and on and on. And I just, I, I totally, I'm with you, JC. I miss the disconnect. I miss the disconnect between the understanding that our right to freedom of press and our right to freedom of speech and our right to religion are these fundamental, untouchable rights but then you have the very same language used in property and in the right to keep and bear arms, and somehow that's now negotiable by necessity. Yeah, I, I think it's you know it's people who fundamentally reject the rule of law, uh, yeah. while at the same time wanting to to use that that moniker of you know we're our duty to the Constitution, we're supporting the rule of law. But in fact, you're not supporting the rule of law. You're rejecting the rule no. of law. The rule of law See, involves due process. The rule of law yep. involves you know, equal uh, justice under the law, equal application of the laws. Not this arbitrary, not, you know, not majority rule, not you do so, you do because we say so. Rule, well, the rule absolute of law, rule of the legislature. The rule of law is not setting aside the rule of law to justify some action. 
And that's what's happening here. These laws are not in compliance with the rule of law. They require you to set aside the rule right. of law in order to enforce them. And it's what's interesting is, is they confuse people like the AG of Washington, the people of the legislators of New Mexico, the, the governor of, of, of the state of Washington. Uh, we, can, we can throw uh, Florida in there as well because they passed this red flag laws as well, is they confuse, like we said earlier, the will of the people with the rule of law. Those are not can the I, same point thing. Of order, point of order. Go ahead. Uh, can we use the word conflate? Conflate. Because confuse, I think, implies that they don't know what they're doing. Mm. They're, they're, they're not confusing these. Oh, I didn't know what that meant, and I didn't know what this meant. No, they conflate them. They they take one and they try Deceptively to substitute right. They substitute yes. it for the other. So they're they're calling what they're doing or what they're referring to as the rule of law. And and by you know looking at the Washington Attorney General's letter um, means you submit to the will of the majority and you submit to any law that is written simply because the legislation legislature so here's, passed it. That's here's not the bottom the line. rule of law. Here's the bottom line. The Attorney General of the state of Washington would enforce slavery if the majority of the people yeah, said so. Yeah, by that so. philosophy. The major- the, if he were consistent. The, it, yeah. The governor of Washington, the state of Washington would be the one who put Rosa Parks in jail and in shackles. The legislators of the state of New Mexico would be uh, corralling uh, Japanese Americans in internment camps, men, women, and children for four years without due process. They'd because, be cool with that. Because all of that was passed by legislatures yes. and all of it was supported by the will of the majority. And if we take and they those were things supported be, by the courts as well. But they were not supported by the rule of law. Right. They were not supported by the principles of natural law. The Constitution did not support that. And they were not. They were setting aside the rule of law, I due process and natural rights protection to enforce these laws. So just so you guys know where you live with these red flag laws, these gun confiscation laws, you live in slave states and you're just 35 seconds and four people away from imposing slavery as a rule of law in your state.